It's time, D-Heads! Disney Blue presents The Diz Radio Show. Every week, Diz Radio lets you relive the magic, movies, and memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic entertainment, newest hits, retrospects, and breaking news on Hollywood's latest. So put on those ears, strap on the proton packs, beware of Lost Boys, jump on a hoverboard, and flip that dial to the Disney Sunday movie. The Diz Radio Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Diz Radio fans, you tuned in for another installment here at the Diz Radio Show, and you know what? Happy New Year. Yes, we are in 2024 officially, our 14th year here at Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show, and you tuned in for show number 252 for the week of January 12th, 2024, and we're keeping it fun, and we're keeping it snowy, because let's face it, we are still in the heart of winter, getting dumped with snow in a variety of different places throughout the Midwest, the East Coast, you name it. So with us here this week is something that's going to bring you a little bit of fun, a little bit of sun, a little bit of theme parks, and a little bit of St. Nick. Yes, we have none other than Joel Christopher Payne stopping in here at the show this week. Now, Joel is a Disney Parks artist. You've seen a variety of his fantastic illustrations, fine art, and more from a variety of the different Disney parks. You have your chance to get them autographed and so much more. His artwork is exquisite, and we're going to have Joel in here to talk about that, as well as him being Saint Nick. Not just any Saint Nick, but a Saint Nick that's a little bit different than you're used to in the movie Hashtag Blessed, what he has coming up on the horizon, and just where you can go and meet him on the Disney property grounds with his newest illustrations, paintings, and more coming up in the end of January. And no show would be complete without the D-Team. Now, yes, there's a lot of sickness going around because we have the sniffles, it's cold, people are sick, it's going around the house, and it's the new year. People want a little bit of a break. But we do have some D-Team here for you this week, and we have Cody, Frank, and Dominic all stopping in with their signature segments here this week. We're just getting the ball rolling here. We took last week off. I was personally feeling a little down under the weather myself as, you know, I I was sick here in the studio. So we're back in action. We took a week off. So we're just going to jump right into it. So let's officially kick off show number 252 for the week of January 12th, 2024. And as I already said, it feels good to be here in the new year and our 14th year here at Diz Radio.
Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Good evening. My name is Michael Eisner, and welcome to the Disney Sunday movie. And boy, are we in trouble. As you know, we were scheduled to have Miss Carol Burnett as our very special host tonight. And this is very embarrassing because she is not here. We're ready to begin great moments in Disney animation, and we have no host. And now, what we need is a host. Oh, 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 fabulous idea. You see, I have this magic wand that I got from Tinkerbell last Christmas, and I haven't used it, and we have no hosts, so let's give it a shot. Here we go. <laughs> Carol, am I glad to see you here? Well, am I glad I wasn't in the tub? <laughs> how do you, how'd you do that? Is this a... Magic. A magic wand? Definitely. You mean you can make people appear with it? Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you make people disappear? No, Carol, be my guest. Mike, come here. Come. Yes, Carol. Rinse this. Absolutely. Hmm. Prince Charming. Prince Charming. Hey, D-heads, you're listening to the Diz Radio Show, taking you into a journey of pure imagination through your lifetime of memories. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of the dreams. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. All right, all of you Diz Radio fans out there, we are back. I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 252 for the week of January 12th, 2024 as we are into the new year. Yes, happy new year. We are good to go here at Diz Radio. Now, if I'm talking a little bit slower than my usual crazy, chaotic, uh, just going a mile a minute, I was a little under the weather here in the DOD 76 studios. I was feeling down. Sickness was just running rampant throughout the studios. So I was down and out for the count. So we took a week off. But here we are. We're back in action. We're ready to go. And we have a very special guest here at the show here this week. Joel Christopher Payne. Somebody that I am excited for all of you D-heads to listen to here at the show. I mean, everything from his park art illustrations, working on Disney Quest, being part of Hashtag Blessed, bringing an all-new vision of St. Nick and Santa Claus to everybody who is viewing this great little gem of a movie and so much more. We also have the D-team here with Cody, Frank, and Dominic stopping in with their signature segments and so much more. 
And normally this is the part in the show where I'm going to tell you different ways to stay connected. And you know what? I'm going to do that right now. Now you can always stay connected here at Diz Radio before I jump into things at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news feed, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also find us all over the social media outlets on Facebook.com slash The Diz Radio Show. You can also find us on X, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, we are everywhere. Just go to DizRadio.com and find all those links there as well. In addition to that, if you want to get the latest shows right to your device to listen to, you can listen to it instantly, you can leave us some feedback, and so much more. If you're an iPhone user, go to the podcast app, look for us right there, just search Diz Radio, pops right up. You can download the iHeartRadio app, listen to us right through there as well, and many other places, so you can get the latest shows as they get released right there on your device. Now, all of you D-heads, we are putting out the call for all of you. It is 2024 our 14th year of Diz Radio. We've been going through the archives. We've been looking at all the guests that we have had on this show in the last 14 years. And we want to hear from you. Who do you want to hear from here on the show? What guest would you love to hear here on Diz Radio? Saying that twice in a row sounds a little crazy. But who would you like to hear as a guest here at Diz Radio? Which person? Which guest? It could be a past guest. It could be a guest we've never had. We want to hear from you. Just go to our website at DizRadio.com. Click that email link right there. You can connect up with us. And right there, drop us a line. We want to hear from you. So all of you D-heads, normally I would jump into some kind of story, something crazy, goofy, something just off the wall, right? The last couple of weeks, that's what I've been doing, doing a little bit of rambling here. But since I was under the weather, I am going to save up all my energy and all of my speaking skills here. And I'm going to save it for Joel because when he pops in, there is so much stuff to talk about. I am so excited for you to experience all the different places that Joel has been, his artwork, and so much more. So I'm going to release the reins here to the D-Team a little early here this week. Jump in with our guest and keep the show rolling for 2024. Don't worry. You didn't get rid of Ramblin' Jonathan yet that fast. No, I will be back next week with my crazy, fast-talking, high-pitched, wonderful, elegant... Um, maybe you just fast forward through that segment. I'm not sure story. You you might be applauding that part that I'm not doing it here this week, but I will be back in action next week after I get a little more of this sickness out of my system. So with that said, all of you D heads, I am going to release the reins here already to the D team, jump right in. And the next time you hear me, it's going to be with none other than Joel Christopher Payne stopping in here at the show. So with that said, Press on for show number 252 for the week of January 12th, 2024. It's a brazzle-dazzle day, so throw off the past and everything in it. That's the brazzle-dazzle way, enjoying your time from minute to minute, running through the sand without your shoes on. You don't keep your blues on Finding a boat we can cruise on It's a brazzle-dazzle day When you think of love and never of sorrow That's the brazzle-dazzle way To do your work now and take off tomorrow Flying through the air You don't need wings on Wings on Climb right up 
and feel the thrill it brings on. This is all my fault. I totally asked for this. I end every segment with, I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions. And after years, I finally got one. For the music of Santa Claus, the movie. No, 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 no. I don't like this movie. I don't get it at all. I do like Christmas movies. I am not a Christmas movie Scrooge. In fact, I love Scrooge. I don't know why he's the bad guy. He worked hard in school. He got a good job. He did not want to get married until he could afford to do so. He worked in the same conditions as his employees. They complained about the cold and he was right there with them, not in some executive super suite. He paid his taxes so the government could care for their constituents, which they did not. He wanted people to pay their rent that they owed him and he didn't want to pay employees for hours they didn't work. Cratchit was totally free to work somewhere else if he didn't like the conditions or salary wasn't enough to pay for his 8 million children. Yet Scrooge, who apparently was the only responsible person in England, gets vilified and haunted. Anyway, Santa Claus the movie. It's about seven different films that don't hold together at all. Maybe I'm just not a Dudley Moore fan. I find his acting to be a drunk, less funny version of Robin Williams. Maybe it's the fact that the third act is about five minutes long and ends with a loop-to-loop -loop, like the script reached a page limit and they just stopped. My father-in-law loves this film, by the way. John Lithgow, who is the best thing going in this movie, screaming Christmas too, still makes him laugh, and that is pretty funny. The Santa is also a great Santa, but disillusioned out of touch with the times, Santa is kind of played out. As for the music, I don't remember it. I don't like this film enough to endure it for the score. However, it was done by a pop jazz legend, Henry Mancini, who has almost 500 music credits on IMDb for songs like Moon River, Baby Elephant Walk, The Pink Panther, and Peter Gunn themes. He was the composer of comedy movies from Abdon Costello and Peter Sellers, schlocky sci-fi like This Island Earth, a film so bad that Mystery Science Theater 3000 used it in their theatrical feature, classics like Ain't Misbehavin', Bo Derrick's Ten, Victor Victoria, Disney's The Great Mouse Detective, and who can forget Bill Cosby's Ghost Dad? Everybody. Everyone forgot about that film. 
When Hollywood wanted more contemporary music in the 1950s to 1970s, they tapped people like Henry Mancini to literally jazz up their movies. And in many cases, the music of Henry Mancini is the element of the production that ends up being timeless. So that's that. Skip Santa Claus the movie. Listen to some Henry Mancini. Or if you really want to see Elf Arthur save Christmas from that guy from Third Rock from the Sun, you could do both. I do have an official Disradio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, or music, film suggestions. I might regret that. It's Dominic at Disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C. I am also on YouTube by searching WDW Plantoons. Or if you are really into 90s syndicated professional wrestling, check out the Saturday Morning Superstars podcast. I am on there as well. So folks, that is it for this week. Thank you for listening. has come to pass that there would come to us a chosen one and that he himself would be an artisan and a skilled maker of toys from this day on now and forever you will bring our gifts to all the children in all the world this is your legacy and your gift as is the gift of flight. It's them! <laughs> Every year, the magic happens again. Merry Christmas! It certainly should be. <laughs> Until now. What are you? I'm an elf. An elf? Yes. You mean, like, a fairy? I mean, I'm talking modern methods of production here. I'm talking assembly line. I'm talking way of the future. Now someone wants to take the magic out of Christmas. We say, bigger, better, it's going to cost you. Cost? Cost who? Uh, the people who, who buy the toy. Well, nothing. We're going to give them away free. For free? Well, that's how we do it at the North Pole. Well, that's not how we do it here. Santa Claus is finished. I just wanted him to see what a good assistant I could be. Only one man can stop him. Only one man can help us. And he's coming to take you for a sleigh ride in the stars. <laughs> Alexander Salkine yeah! presents <laughs> Dudley Moore and John Lithgow. The legend comes to life for the very first time. With all the magic all the adventure, all the wonder. Santa Claus, the movie. Seeing is believing. An Alexander and Ilya Sulkind production. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Diz Radio special guest. All right, all of you Diz Radio fans out there, you tuned in once again. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to all things holly, jolly, fun, uh, imagineering, and creative. You know him from a variety of different things, being a Disney Parks artist. Uh, you know, let's, let's, we'll, we'll let him discuss a lot of this. Let's just say, you know, Imagineer, video games, uh, so much so from like Mortal Kombat, Silent Hill, as well as the wonderful, like heartfelt movie, Hashtag blessed. We have none other than Joel Christopher Payne here with us. Welcome to Diz Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
You know, it is our pleasure having you on. Your resume is all over the board. It is one of those where it is like, like a, a you know, you're, you're in an arcade and you're at a pinball machine and it's like, oh, video games. Oh, art. Oh, acting. Oh, voiceover. I guess. Uh, how did you go down this? I got ADHD. I can't, I, I can't stop. I can't say no to people. So the ADHD kicks in and I just, I just agree to everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess let's start from the let's start from the ground up here, and some of the stuff that you know people may know you from right away before we get into the holidays. You know, doing uh, you know Disney park art and uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. How'd you get involved with you know the Disney company and doing all these fantastic just fine art illustrations and pieces and paintings? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been kind of a miracle to be honest. Uh, a lot of people ask me how how to become a Disney a Disney guy and. Quite frankly, it's it's always the same answer. I, I have no clue how this happened outside of sheer um, imagination and determination. Uh, following Walt's uh, methodology of just do it, stop talking about it, just do it. Um, so when I was a five-year-old little boy, uh, my mom took me to Disneyland, just me and her. Uh, my sister didn't get to go. And my dad didn't get, get to go. We didn't have a lot of money. We were poor. But that was my birthday gift at five. And I remember riding on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride for the first time, my mom warning me that there's a lot of action in there and not to be scared of it because it's just fun. It's just fantasy. And she even told me, you might see some people, but they're robots. So, you know, I, I, I had uh, my, my mom kind of prepared me for all this at five and didn't know what to expect. And we got on the Blue Bayou section of, of where the swamp is. And I look up at my mom and I say, Mom, the robots, they look so real. And without hesitation, she looks over uh, to me and says, uh, sweetheart, those are the waiters. That's that's the Blue Bayou restaurant. <laughs> and you'd think that like my sense of uh, fantasy would be destroyed and my illusion of fantasy would be ruined. But it had the complete opposite effect. I, I couldn't tell the difference between the, the fantasy and the reality. And I thought that was such a magic trick for me at that at that age so impressionable that i wanted to be doing that um, garner holt who I'm, I'm having the pleasure of working with right now on a, on a little secret project and he had the similar experience uh, when i went to the grim grinning gala as, a, as one of the table vip table guests there he came out and told everybody his origin story which is not too different from mine so he saw the world of color and the announcement of this new attraction at Disneyland called the Haunted Mansion. And he saw Donnie, Donnie Osmond and <laughs> uh, Kurt Russell talking about it. And he asked his parents to go to Disneyland and see this uh, Haunted Mansion thing. Well, that was a big mistake because uh, he was planned on being a horse veterinarian. His parents raised horses and that'd be a good uh, thing to have a veterinarian in the, in the, in the family. But, Right after he saw Haunted Mansion, he's like, I just want to do this for the rest of my life. And he set a course uh, of doing exactly that for decades. And uh, now he's the premier, uh, you know, attraction guy doing all the robots for, for the attraction. So it was a real kind of full circle moment to be able to share that story with him and have kind of a kinship as to why Disney has such an impact on on people it's just so transformative it, walt was really good about really making you feel like you're in another world like the fantasy is real and so you know i, I started getting books asking my mom for books for christmas these big thick you know 50 dollars, 60 dollars books on animation for, for from the disney company and the art of uh 
the, I think it's called the illusion of life, um, which is uh, kind of the Bible. I still have this book. It's fallen apart, but I, cause I've gone through it a million times, but it really has everything you need uh, to understand Disney's philosophy on storytelling, lighting, layout, animation, squash and stretch, everything, everything you can imagine is in that book. And I studied that and wanted to be an amusement park designer of, of, of attractions and set a course on doing that. Well, it wasn't until I was in my 20s working in the video game industry where I had an opportunity to work on the Virtual Jungle Cruise, um, which was a new concept in theme park attractions. It was a virtual attraction, virtual theme park. And But we had real we had a real ride there. So you, you got to sit on a a real raft uh, that was inflated. And this thing was strapped to a giant, I, I called it the possessed waterbed <laughs> because it was six compartments of air that would fill up independently, simulating a river rafting experience. And we had handed uh, our play testers at the time these, uh, these uh, oars that had a uh, little chip cut out of the ore that they put roller wheels in so that when you paddled, it would roll across the possessed airbag and um, would uh, would pick the sensors in that area would pick up your paddle strokes. And then we put this in front of a big screen TV and uh, I was tasked to build that rapids in 3D with a proprietary modeling program that only had one perspective uh, window in it. That's kind of key. If anybody's a 3D model out there, having multiple orthographic windows, front, side, top, really helps you build a 3D thing. But we made our own 3D software called Node in that company, and it was really primitive. So I had to build that entire thing using one window perspective, um, which was very, very painful. A process. We had to type in how many times a texture would tile across the surface, and it was really, really rudimentary. And um, the engine that we used was called a reality engine, SGI reality engine, for the historians out there. And it was the size of a refrigerator. And we used to make jokes about how we were standing next to Hal as we would walk by. And um, we got to ride that thing the whole summer as I noodled over every square little bump in the rapids and got to build out half of that world and that attraction ran uh, forever <laughs> it was it was only demolished the whole disney quest florida was demolished a few years ago but it ran for decades and was one of the most successful virtual attractions in history one of the longest running ones for certain and i really thought we were on the verge of a new era of a, attraction making uh, but that didn't really pan out the way I thought. Um, you know, we had a great attraction, and there was this build-your-own roller coaster that was really cool too. But everything else in the in the uh, facility just didn't have the same kind of uh, justifiable value to say going to Disneyland for this a similar price. So, but it, it it hung on for a long time, and and I'm very proud of that attraction. So that was really my first. A brush with Disney and got to work with uh, the Imagineers on that. And I think Tony Baxter was my boss's boss and he was kind of overseeing the whole thing. So I got to finally meet Tony not too many years after that and, and found out, you know, who he was. 
kind of a, a Disney legend in his own right with Indiana Jones and Star Tours and Big Thunder. Uh, the guy had some really great instincts, so it was really kind of a privilege to work on a project that was so historic. And the funny thing is, if anybody's really paying attention, you go out to the Animal Kingdom and you do the Avatar, the flight of the Avatar. Well, the stuff that I did back in 1994 on the Virtual Jungle Cruise was kind of the baby that led to that very sophisticated Avatar experience that they've got. Um running in the in the park now so it really led to a lot of uh, kind of breakthroughs in technology that and also the uh, soaring over california adventures in 1999 i did the world's lisbon's fair first dome projection system animation we didn't have a ride like uh, uh like uh, you know flying over california we didn't have the actual physical vehicle that you sit in so you just sat and stood in front of this massive dome projection holding on to a rail for dear life as you flew through this uh, atlantis type experience for the world's fair in lisbon but that ultimately got bought out that concept and disney is using that for those massive domes so i've i've, I've had the pleasure of being a part of some really kind of triumphant historical moments um working with disney and stuff like that. So that's how I got my start. <laughs> you, you, you know, and like you said, it's one of those roundabout ways. Things just kind of fall into place. And, you know, I got to say, I've, I was always a fan of Disney Quest. So I enjoyed going there. I enjoyed it. I mean, so much so, I even had a Disney Quest logo keychain at one point in my life during my college years. So, you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get the keychain, man. I just got the jacket. And that was a pretty cool jacket. But uh, that was around the time that, like, David Buster's was really hot. And uh, and right after that, we did I did the Sky Pirates for Steven Spielberg, where it was me and two programmers. And I got to write the music for that attraction, got to uh, do all the artwork, come up with some great game ideas. And this was a this was an attraction that launched you up four stories. It was the crown jewel of GameWorks. And um kind of an amazing moment because that was long before uh tower of terror had kind of done the same thing but with large groups of people so another moment where i got to kind of before anybody was thinking of it work on attractions that would become you know big deals with larger larger installments definitely you know and with that too then you know aside from just that stuff too you know being a park artist uh you know like the artwork is just it's phenomenal in the illustration i mean i i myself went to art college you know and i and i love you know i love fine art i love doing it but i am definitely not at your level otherwise i'd be at disney what is it like when you're actually in the parks or doing the live signings and the amount of people that come up and just then you get to see the joy on their face with what you've created well, it, I can I can honestly say without hesitation that it's the most humbling part of being uh, being an artist and doing what I do. It's it's truly humbling. And what I, what do I mean by that? I mean the first time I did a Disney signing at Disneyland uh, because I, I told my mom when I was five that I would be on the wall in the gallery someday as a famous Disney artist. I I joked about that, you know. Uh, that was my target. So I didn't know if that would ever happen, but that was my goal. So here I was, you know, doing the 50th anniversary Haunted Mansion celebration event. I had spent two years on a incredibly detailed, probably even easy, easy to say the most detailed version of the Haunted Mansion ever painted. Um, I used the Hudson River School movement style to kind of give this 
uh, my artwork a look of where the haunted mansion looks real as if it were a real house but because it was it was the shipley light decker house in maryland where i lived i lived in maryland for a while and uh there i was across from shag who had a massive line lined up to get his stuff and kim irvine who was signing right next to me her mom was in this painting of mine in a little small micro less than less than a quarter inch a small little dot was her mom in a crystal ball in the window you'd have to get like a a phone and zoom in to see her face because i'd put all those details on with a needle um and so she saw this thing next to me and said, oh, my gosh, Joel, this is like the most beautiful version of the Haunted Mansion I've ever seen. Can you go get me one before they sell out? So I ran over to the cast members who were dealing with sales. And I said, hey, Kim would like one of these things. And I want to buy it for her as a gift because this is the, the daughter of the great Madame Leota. And uh, it's just an honor to, to, to be able to do that for her. But they told me. Mr. Payne, your 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 uh, painting was the fastest selling thing, and it sold out in a lottery system, and before the event even even occurred, which blew my mind. <laughs> like I never thought that the first painting I put out, it would be in a auction, a lottery system, where even if you won, you still had to pay for it. <laughs> it's like you didn't get it for free, you didn't win anything yet. You you won to pay, and. Um, they all sold out, and uh, I had a long line, just like uh, Shag did. And eventually, Shag noticed my long line with his long line. <laughs> He's like, he comes up, who are you? <laughs> we introduced ourselves to each other. I'm like, I'm not your competition, I assure you. <laughs> and we made quick friends, and uh, it was really, truly, the, like, the best day of my life uh, to, to see all these people um, looking at this and, and telling me, that I gave them the feeling of being at the park, which was my intention. Um, every time I'd always seen Haunted Mansion paintings in the gallery, it never rose to where I thought it could be because they always had kind of cartoony, squash and stretch, forced perspective versions of the Haunted Mansion. And they'd always have like Mickey with like vampire teeth, <laughs> goofy as Frankenstein. I'm like, that's not what Walt wanted for the Haunted Mansion. He wanted it to be where the whimsy was inside, and but the outside was a beautiful plantation home that you would see in like New Orleans, where, where he loved uh, traveling to. And so I did this. I do all of my paintings. I came up with this idea of I want to make it so that all of these things feel like they're real, like the the... Jungle Cruise, it feels like a real boat. It doesn't feel like an attraction boat. Uh, same with the river boat. I mean, it's a real river boat. So I, I was one of the first artists in a long time to be able to, to paint the Mark Twain at Disneyland and became one of my most popular uh, paintings. I've now done three of those because uh, people just keep on wanting it. So I like going to the park and finding things that artists wouldn't typically paint and doing it in a way that feels like it's not a Disney attraction piece so much as it's a story um, that lines up with how Walt thought and what, what he was into. I mean, let's be honest, there wasn't a Haunted Mansion movie or a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, for that matter, when those attractions were launched at Disneyland. It was just what Walt loved. He loved pirates. And he loved 
ghosts. And uh, same with, I'd even go, go so far as to say that uh, the Jungle Cruise had no movie connected to it either. Although he, he would tell you that it was based off of the African Queen. Uh, but you didn't need a big franchise success to launch something like that. He just built what he loved and made it real for people. So that's what I wanted to do with my artwork. And that's kind of what sets me apart from everybody else, that attention to detail and the way I paint light. You know, I get compared to Kincaid a lot, but I, I'd, I'd like to believe that Kincaid wouldn't paint the subjects that I'm painting. Certainly wouldn't have painted the Haunted Mansion like I did. Um, probably be covered with a lot of flowers and stuff like that. <laughs> so I, I don't think he would have done it um, the way that I did. It has kind of an om ominous tone to it. Uh, the way that, uh, that I did the lighting on that painting. So I just love kind of like topping myself each year to figure out how can I give people that feeling of being at Disneyland that you get. Smell the painting, you know, when you're in Pirates of the Gear, there's a smell, you know, that you get. And I want people to look at my um, my treasure treasure mound painting for Pirates of the Caribbean and feel like they could just reach out and grab it, you know just like every kid wants to when they're going by that scene. So definitely, you know, and, and it's like, those are the kind of things though, where, you know, when you're doing these paintings, like you said, it's more of a, it, it's a feeling, it's an essence. And I have to say, when I'm looking at your paintings, you know, it's more of a, it's, it's almost like this timeless feel when everything was original IP floating through the parks. And that to me is what sells it all. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I decided, you know, I loved Encanto. I love that, that movie. Uh, my kids are half Mexican, so I just like the kind of the diversity of that IP. But that was, you know, out of the four paintings I did for Epcot Festival, the Arts last uh, this last round, that was the one that didn't uh, really move people uh, to to buy it as much. You know, there's something about what Disney did that is not happening today, and. It, it can almost be kind of explained in, in, in the money that is being put towards attractions. It's like, if you really think about it, you know, it's a small world. It's just particle board with paint on it. You know, it's just nothing to it. And Haunted Mansion, I mean, most of those effects that we were so wowed by as kids, people are doing in their front lawns at, at, at Halloween. You know, they've got the crystal ball. <laughs> they've got the singing busts. They have figured out how to make these things in, in themselves. And yet, no doubt, Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean still outdo the most sophisticated attractions that, that Disney has spent money on. And, and that's just my own personal opinion. But I really feel like just because they have a load of money to do these really high-end effects does not mean that you're going to get a better experience so for me pirates and haunted mansion are still the top crown jewel attractions in the park and i, I i'd be hard pressed to find anybody that would disagree with that outside of maybe rise of the resistance which i think is probably the most well done sophisticated um, effects driven attraction in history but outside of that you'd be hard pressed to say that anything has that artistic quality to it that stage film set feel that are in both of those attractions where you really feel like there's this is artwork you know this is i'm in a, in a painting you know that's come alive to me so i just because you got a lot of money does not mean it is a better thing so but that's just my personal opinion disney <laughs> 
Well, you know, and it's the kind of thing where, you know, it's almost like if you go back to like 80s or even now professional wrestling for for any of our listeners that watch that kind of stuff, you know, it's more they're dropping the money on something to get an initial pop and reaction, but nothing that's going to have that timeless lasting effect as some of these original attractions and feel of the park. Well, I think with Walt and what I've learned just studying Walt my whole life is that you know, it's it's like Eddie Van Halen. You know, he didn't when he was a kid, he didn't have the money to put all the bells and whistles and buy those pedals that would make his guitar sound wild, you know. So he didn't have the money. So innovation came out where he had to kind of figure it out on his own with what he had. And so he made his guitar talk in a way that is unique to him. And by not having the advantage of all that technology that would easily do it for him. He invented his own sound, which of course is as iconic as anything. And so Walt Disney similarly was breaking ground with every film he put out, doing new things that nobody had ever heard of, pushing the boundaries. So for me, when I wanted to do my paintings, I didn't want to stick with tradition. So I am the first in Disney's history to... Uh, in fact, it, it, as far as I know, anyone in the art world to use 3D modeling, digital painting, and traditional acrylic painting techniques to achieve the look that I've achieved. And it's a high wire act. I don't know of anybody that could replicate what I'm doing because you would have to know 3D modeling, digital painting, and traditional acrylic painting to do it. And I, I don't know too many artists that know all three um, that could pull off the result. So I, I, I wanted to do what Walt was doing, and I wanted to do these paintings as if Walt Disney himself called me up and said, Joel, I got this thing. Uh, I want you to do a good job of it. Paint me this and uh, give me your best. So I, I, in my head, I'm always like trying to paint something that I think that even Walt Disney would be impressed by. Otherwise, I just wouldn't do it. You know? So that's, that's my standard. And it's resonated, you know. Well, I think it resonates with everybody. And it's at that point where I guess you got to look back at all this. And that's a great segue to say you are nothing more than hashtag blessed. So that's going to lead us right into being, you know, being St. Nick and, you know, being Santa Claus, St. Nicholas in this, you know, fun little gem that people can even watch right now during the holiday season. It's it's on Tubi right now. So it's absolutely, you know, free to watch with commercials there. But what was it like, you know, being in this nice little film and portraying St. Nick in a way that most people aren't used to? You're a little bit of a hipster. I was waiting for you to bust out a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was really a surprise to me, too, because I'd never really, I mean, you know, as a kid, you know, like, am I ever going to be old enough and have gray hair enough and long beard enough to, to pull this character off in my old years? Because I always thought it'd be fun to play Santa and sit there in the mall and have all these kids telling me their their wishes and stuff like that. And just have that fun with kids and get their imaginations uh, going. Um, and so how that came about was so weird. So I, I met my wife and she asked me to grow a beard and I've never grown a beard, grown a beard in my, in my life. And I thought, okay, you know, you got to look at my face. I don't. So whatever you want. So I, I grew it and uh, you know, I wanted to marry her. And so uh, people know me as an artist, but they don't know that I can sing. Um, I've been singing my whole life and uh you know, and just going to karaoke bars and stuff like that, doing it, not professionally, but just having fun. It was like therapy for me. So I managed to learn 
uh, uh, Music of the Night from Phantom of the Opera, which is a very, very difficult song to sing. Any singer out there would know that last bar that Michael Crawford held. Uh, most singers don't have the lung capacity to hold that note and sound good doing it. So I just took it upon myself you know, every month to practice that song to where I got good enough. And then I posted the result, hiding it from my soon-to-be wife, um, on Facebook. And it, it got a lot of attention. <laughs> People saying that it was their second favorite to Michael Crawford. I'm a huge praise, which just kind of shocked the heck out of me. I mean, I never expected any of that. Well, this this girl who was following me at the time, uh, who turned out to be the script writer for Hashtag Blessed, her mom uh, was the producer of this thing, Martina. And uh, her daughter contacted her mom and said, oh my gosh, this is our Santa. We don't have to dub him. He could sing the part that we want him to sing Jingle Bells in the movie. We won't have to dub him with somebody else. So they had me read for it. And it turns out that even before I was Santa Claus, I was put out this, um, my own network called the Friendly Network, where I produced 100 cartoons and voiced them. And it's teaching children how to be good. It was all about family values and life lessons using evidence-based research. I've since pulled the, uh, the, uh, the the network off because I'm planning on doing something really big with it, which we'll, we'll you know, we'll end the, the podcast with that because um, it's really huge. <laughs> but um, when I did this, I read one of my little scripts um, about, about, you know, because there's people around Christmas, they've lost loved ones and Christmas is very hard for them. So I, I wrote this really beautiful script on how, you know, the people that leave you, you know, the ones you love never really leave you. They stay with you through the things that you do and uh, they live on through you. The things that you do for yourself die with you. And so I, I was kind of putting this thing together and I, I, I read that as my test. And uh, those lines are in the movie. Uh, those are my signature lines that they added to the script. Um. And so, you know, I, I said, why me? Because I, I don't, I'm not fat. Uh, I'm not a jolly fat man. I, I'm not very old. Well, how do I fit in this? And they said, well, you're going to be kind of like a hipster, Nick, a, like a, a, a younger version. So there was this guy going around, a model who's an elderly model that was flying around the internet, this kind of hipster looking Santa. <laughs> and he, he was like a gray haired, you know, bearded, white haired, bearded older gentleman and i think the the meme was something like this is what happens when mrs claus dumps you and you <laughs> you get and he's like this trim skinny looking badass looking <laughs> uh santa and i'm like that's my guy so i started modeling my look after that guy and uh showed it to the producer and like oh yeah we love this this is a great direction i'm like i, I could call him hipster saint nick <laughs> and, uh, you know, after, it, you know, COVID was in full blown, uh, you know, uh, intensity and uh, movies were getting scuttled and people weren't able to do anything. So luckily we were able to go out to free Arizona where they didn't have the kind of restrictions that we had. We still had to have somebody on site taking our temperature and we had to wear masks everywhere, which was just ridiculously dumb. But uh, there I was on the set. Uh, wearing these masks, but I thought, 
this is a good image for kids. You know, a lot of the people that died from from COVID, uh, you know, 80% of them that were hospitalized were were overweight. And I thought, you know, Santa's always been depicted, thanks to Coca-Cola, as kind of this heavy set guy. But but I started doing research on Santa Claus and discovered that before the Coca-Cola redo in the 50s, uh, Santa Claus was always a skinny guy, kind of a tall, lanky guy. He wasn't this big character. Now, I get it. It's a good marketing ploy for Coca-Cola. That's what their product does to children, that candy water. But <laughs> but I thought this is a time when we need a better example for kids. We need a better icon. And I started thinking that way. And that's when I was on the set and I, I started researching him and I discovered the most spectacular things about St. Nicholas. Uh, he was born in Mira, which is modern day Turkey. He was raised in the very church that Paul the Apostle established. I guess Paul had traveled to that city and established a church, which he ultimately as a child was raised in. Um, but the most fascinating part was we wouldn't have a Santa Claus if it wasn't for a plague, which blew my mind. So if you go into Wikipedia, you'll discover that Nicholas's parents were wealthy merchants. They don't say what they did, but back then in the fourth century when he was born, there wasn't a lot of government that would come and rescue you when plagues came around. So they didn't even know what to do with that stuff. So the wealthiest people would try to help to take people in during the famines and stuff, the meat shortages, similar to what we had with the pandemic ourselves. And Nicholas's parents took a lot of sick people into their homes and subsequently died from the plague <laughs> doing that. And they left Nicholas a great wealth. And because he was a man of the cloth, he didn't need the money. He did what Jesus told the rich man to do that didn't do it. He did it. He gave away all of his money, helping children, most likely children whose parents died in the plague, and did it selflessly. And his selflessness was so renowned, world-renowned, that there is a St. Nicholas Church in every single country on earth today. He is the patron saint of children in New York patron saint of uh, beer makers, I think, which is an unusual one, patron saint of sailors. Uh, and all of these things are connected to legends and lore of his uh, gift giving, of how he helped people. I don't know too many people today that if their parents died and left them a great wealth, would sell it all and give it away to complete children, you know, strangers. Uh, to help them and give them hope. So I got a lot of flack from Christians playing Santa. They, they, they feel like Santa was an anagram for Satan and a distraction from the reason for the season. But the funny thing is, as I was doing research, I, I came up with the Santa origin story. I started doing research on, on the origins of everything and discovered that the vast majority of everything that, that we celebrate for Christmas, the Christmas tree, the presents, the mistletoe, the wreaths, uh, the, the, just everything uh, were pagan in origin. Uh, when Santa was born, uh, Christmas didn't exist. Uh, they celebrated uh, St. Nicholas on his birthday, December 6th, later, but uh, it was really about Santernelia and the pagan god. And uh, the Christmas tree came about because it was the only tree that kept its green through the winter, and most people would die and not make it through <laughs> through the harsh winters in some places. So it was really kind of a beacon of hope for people, and they would hang apples on those trees for weary travelers. And 
those eventually became ornaments. And then a queen of England uh, decorated a tree with these hand-blown uh, ornaments. And uh, that was copied by some of the elite wealthy people in America, in New York. They would order these amazing hand-blown ornaments and copy the royals. And that's where that tradition started. So, <laughs> And, you know, at the end of the day, I really just think that Santa Claus is a beacon of hope and brotherhood and selflessness and and sure santa exists it's, it's all of the uh, the people that believe in that concept of selflessness and don the don the uniform and have a little fun with their kids and i think that is a teachable moment to teach kids the difference between fantasy and reality my, my mom certainly did that for me start that started my career when she was talking about the robots and pirates so i just love the idea and it's led to me being santa um, probably for the rest of my life at this point. Uh, the movie did really well. We, we got all, every single, uh, every single festival we went into, we won. <laughs> I got nominated for best supporting actor and we, a great song came out of it. Uh, uh we, we had Donna, um, we had two Donnas that were, that helped me co-write the song, uh, Donna DeSopo and, and Donna Bukavage and, uh, that put together the song and I, I contributed to the concept. I sang it. Santa lives in you. It's on Spotify and it got an HMMA nomination. And this is the first time I'd ever sang a professional song out there. And this was in the movie and in the credit scenes. And it's just taken, taken my life and into an entirely different direction. I never intended. So um, showing up at Disneyland in full uniform, Santa uniform and having Mickey come up to me was such a fun day. Uh, Everybody, I get recognized wherever I go now because that that role, um, people spot me and say Santa. It's really fun. <laughs> so I'm kind of a big kid living with that stuff. It's it's been really a roller coaster, and, uh, and now I have the potential of having my own TV show. Um, it's called The Elf King, and it will answer every question a kid has as to why Santa does what he does, and it really just explains how he got from St. Nicholas to this modern-day Santa that we all know and love. And it does it in such a delicate way, a magical way, a way that I think that even Walt would uh, would have appreciated. Um, and hopefully we'll get picked up, and it'll be out there. And um, I have this toy technology that I've been working on for 10 years with a business partner of mine who invented the technology. It's Toy Story for Real Technology. So if you can imagine the tiki tiki room at disneyland well we can do that right now in your living room with millions of toys a toy story for real basically and at some point i'll be on tv playing santa and i'll be able to talk directly to the toys through the tv and they'll talk right back to me and that will be nothing short of tv history being made and a miracle and i think picking up where disney left off on on animatronics and truly a full circle moment if i'm able to get that out there uh, like i hope but so that I think that answers your question. <laughs> well, yes, you know, and and I think it's one of those things too, like you said, where it, it is that come full circle, and it's also bringing it back to the kids, that role model, that teaching them selflessness, thinking of other people, and you know, even even aside from just playing Saint Nick in that film too, that film itself has such a wonderful message about comparing yourself to everybody else and and being online and the the fakeness of what you see on posts and you know so I think you being able to bring that full circle is nothing more than incredible to you know have that for you know a new generation of kids to see that because I feel 
everything is animosity now. Everything has to have a negative reaction just to hear yourself speak. And there needs to be more brotherly love and teaching that it's okay just to be happy for other people's wins or help somebody get a win. Well, you, you really touch on a really important subject, which is when I read the script, it really compelled me to do it. I, I don't think I would have done it if, it, if the movie had a, a different message. But you're right. I think that the reason why Christmas keeps on getting, you know, people keep on trying to cancel it is because it's gotten so far away from what what it was about. And, and that selflessness that Nicholas stood for, that was such a beacon of inspiration for all cultures. I mean, the, you understand it's the Dutch who were pagans and they, 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 they worshipped, um, uh, you know, Santa Claus is connected to a god, you know, it's Father Christmas. And that's where Christians kind of get muddled in the mix on that because, you know, the, the, the poem – a nightmare before Christmas. A night before Christmas, not nightmare. Before, night before Christmas was written by a Dutchman who didn't have uh, money for gifts for Christmas, so he wrote this poem. Somebody stole that poem, and the <laughs> famous writer published it and got all the credit. But, but that that concept of you know magic and wonder and selflessness and the joy of it all. Um, it's really kind of gone away from that. It's become kind of this commercial beast that you get every year where it's all about the things you can get. And so when people see me as Santa, I always say it was never about the toys. It was always about the selflessness. And that's what's in this movie. It's that selfless um, forgiving of yourself, you know, to, to not be so hard on yourself to keep up with the Joneses is the overall arcing message of the movie. And granted, we didn't have a big budget. I mean, this is really we flew by the seat of our pants during the pandemic. So the fact that we even got the film done was kind of a small miracle in itself. And I figured, you know, if it went out and all I did was did do a good job in it, I would feel proud that I, I took that risk and took that challenge and, and uh, did something that I didn't think I could do. And uh, that's what made it so fun for me. And, and that's why I've been able to do all the crazy things I've been able to do, because I just, again, I don't say no. I like things that challenge me. And uh, push me and, do, you know, put, take me out of my comfort zone. If I'm comfortable, then I'm not doing it right. So that's that's where this came in. It's so different from what I'm normally doing. But uh, now, since it's behind us and the movie's out there and it got all these awards and people love it. And uh, I guess I am hashtag blessed, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so many different things. I mean, we could be talking for hours, but, you know, we don't want to keep you too long. But, I mean, you know, so many people's lives you touch, whether that's hanging up a portrait of the haunted mansion in their house, watching something as simple with your family as hashtag blessed, or encountering you as Saint Nick himself. So many different ways that you've affected so many people's lives. Or, you know, even people like me going to Disney Quest as a college student over and over and over again. You know, you've been part of a lot of people's lives, I guess. Is there anything left out there you'd like to say for anybody tuning in whose lives you've touched and you don't even realize it? <laughs> you know, it's funny. My, my wife asked me to, uh, you know, I started doing this little morning cup of Joel and she came up with the name and, and it's like, it's a morning cup of Joel. These little positive sayings that I, I put out every day. And I, I really spend about 20 minutes trying to think about what I'm going to say. Some of them, some of them are controversial because they're news related or po political related, but you know, I, for me, I, I wanted to figure out what my brand was. Like, if I left the planet, what would I want people to remember me by? And it's simple. I was designed to entertain people, to give you a mental vacation from life. Uh, when you see my paintings, it's like a mental vacation. You escape into my 
artwork and you forget about everything for a while for that split second that you're looking at it and um that's what walt did you know he created the berm around disneyland for a reason so you couldn't see the outside world when you cross under that bridge it says you leave this world and you enter in walt's world paraphrasing of course but for me if if all i did was give people a little break from the monotony pain and suffering out there and it gives them a smile on their face i i will have felt like i achieved everything that i ever dreamed of achieving because that's what walt did for me and uh, i just want to live up to his expectations of what he tried to do and take it further so my goals uh are to do something even more spectacular than even walt disney did I, why limit myself i want to i got ideas for my own amusement park in my own way and uh if I get this TV show out there, I'm going to, things are going to, that's going to happen. So I just stick to my plan until it, it, I achieve it. And I've literally achieved every single dream I ever had, every goal I've ever set out because I just didn't give up. I did not give up when, even when my own parents didn't think I could do it, uh, the close people closest to me said that I couldn't do the things I was doing, dreaming to do. And then I achieved those things. It's all personal satisfaction for me, it, it, but I do it for everybody. I do it for the people that are looking at my stuff. I do it for, I'm not really working for me at that point. I'm working for the people that ultimately get to reap the benefits of what, I, what I'm doing. And uh, nothing is greater in life. Nothing, nothing satisfies me more than to, you know, it's artists in the world, in history that mark the times. They should be celebrated. We wouldn't know anything about the Egyptians or the inca empire if not for artists and i don't think we get a lot of credit uh, in that department but you know i'm making my mark in history with with the commentary that i'm making here and i i really hope that people love it so you know i'm, I'm gonna be at the festival of the arts i've got um all my dates on my wall come out and see me i'm, I'm very friendly easy easy to talk to and i'll be hand, uh, hand embellishing my prints the limited edition with illumination so when the lights go out the windows windows will glow without any special lighting and uh, it's a bit of a novelty but if you're going to do a disney painting you're going to put the magic in it so that's my that's my shtick that's my gig and and people are really digging on it and it's just been an absolute blast to be able to as a kid have these dreams and then later achieve all of them and and more nothing is more rewarding in life so don't short shortchange yourself out there words that couldn't be spoken any truer so you know it was our pleasure having you stop in joel everybody can see you festival of the arts you know kicking off in january there towards the end uh the 22nd of january or so and they can find all the rest of the dates on your site definitely check out hashtag blessed right now you can just go to tubi download that app you can watch it right there during the holiday season and you know it was our pleasure having you stop in and you know i'm excited to see what you have coming for us in 2024 <laughs> and thank you for having me. And just in case you can't make it out to the Epcot Festival, I've also been invited back to the Food and Wine Festival. I don't have the dates yet, but so I'm going to be doing the California West Coast uh, Sister Festival as well. So you can meet me there too. And we should have a lot of those prints available for you. And uh, so I, I really look forward to it. It'd be fun. Thanks once again for stopping in. All right. Thank you.
in such a happy way, helping other people brighten up their day. You can make a difference that lives beyond Christmas. It's the love you give that the world remembers. A gift that lasts longer than December. Santa Claus is real. It's the goodness that you build. You're not too old. It's not too late. Shine your light and celebrate. Believe in the impossible. No matter what you do. The magic lasts forever when Santa lives in you. Holly, jolly laughter, gather round the tree. Love brings us together, one big family. Closer, closer than you think. It's inside, comes alive, and makes our hearts glow, giving joy to those who need it most. Santa Claus is real. It's the goodness that you've built. You're not too old. It's not too late. Shine your light and celebrate. Believe in the impossible. No matter what you do, the magic lasts forever when Santa lives in you. I know your heart is troubled. Your head is full of doubt. Look around and you will find what Christmas is all about. Is real. It's the goodness that you feel. You're not too old. It's not too late. Shine your light and celebrate. Believe in the impossible. No matter what you do, the magic lasts forever. 'Cause Santa. Irene Bedard, the speaking voice of Disney's Pocahontas, and you are listening to Diz Radio. I am so over this season, right? And I'm so done with this uniform. We're all the same age. They're married and have kids. You do know that Insta thingy isn't real, right? It's all just the best parts of people's lives. Made to look shiny and pretty. I guess you could say I'm hashtag blessed. Ho, 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 ho,
<laughs> now where is that Christmas spirit of yours? I think I lost that when I lost both my parents. I've got student loans coming out of the wazoo. I feel like I'll never be able to pay them off. Kinda need a Christmas miracle. Those easy to come by nowadays? <laughs> There's always room for a Christmas miracle. Hey everybody, Cody here, getting ready to bring you my movie pick this week. First of all, I just hope that everyone had a wonderful holiday, uh, being the Christmas holiday and also ringing in the new year. Sorry I missed you all last week, but I'm back this week and I'm ready to bring you another holiday film that you can watch since it is still technically the season for the holidays. And this week I'm going to go with the 2022 movie Hashtag Blessed. You can find this one on Tubi right now, watch it for absolutely free. So you just have to muscle through a few ads which is pretty harmless, they're fairly short, easy to get through. Starring in this movie is Isabella Blake Thomas as Jessie, we've got Mama Shar playing Grandma, we've got Nicholas Hurd, and of course we have this week's guest Joel Payne who plays Saint Nick. Now after watching this movie, I think that it's going to really speak to a lot of people and if you've got any young teenagers, if you've got any high schoolers in the house, uh, even some some people just getting out of college, this is probably going to be one that a lot of them can probably relate to. Jessie is struggling. She's a young, fresh out of college woman who's just trying to start her new life after college and she's finding all her friends on social media are just having these fantastic lives and she feels like she's kind of stuck in a rut. She doesn't seem to really have anything that she wants or thought she would have by now. Um, and so for her it's just been quite a struggle and she's kind of missing that Christmas spirit even with her grandmother trying to convince her that hey you know social media is it's usually just people showing the best parts of their life. You don't you're not seeing the whole story. Jessie really doesn't hear all that. She's just still focused on the negatives in life. And it's not really her fault. She had a pretty traumatic experience with losing her parents around the Christmas holidays going up to see their grandmother. So her attitude towards Christmas hasn't been all that jolly. And as she's getting older, it's getting harder and harder for her to find that Christmas spirit. Until she has a chance run-in with who she thinks is just a normal bell ringer after a local grocery mart who just happens to look a lot like Santa Claus enter this week's guest Joel Payne <laughs> who does just an absolute great job of playing the role of Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus as she calls him throughout the movie and with everyone else friends family her grandmother and one of her closest friends throughout college they're trying to get her to get back in the Christmas spirit and find the good in things and not be so negative all the time Saint Nick is also trying to help her with that and just seems to be at the right place at the right time just when Jesse needs him to be this is a fun and adorable movie like I said it's kind of got like a I guess I would say like a modernized it's a wonderful life geared more towards like I said teenagers in high school kind of battling through all this social media stuff um, where everyone again is kind of posting all the great things that happen and maybe things aren't going so great in their life and so they may feel a lot like Jesse does in this movie so I would suggest that this is a really good one for young adults to watch just to kind of remember what Christmas is all about and to remember that you are as Jesse puts it, hashtag blessed, in many ways that maybe you don't really understand or realize. I hope you really enjoy this movie. I sure did. I know it's going to be one that I'm going to watch every holiday season, especially with my younger kids, because I've got some coming up into high school now and stuff well, and I think, again, with the social media buzz and everything that's going on, it's a good reminder for the young kids going into that stage where it is high school, college, whatever it may be, just to remember that we all have our own things to be thankful for. With that, I'm going to leave you folks, and we are going to see you here next week. Listen up, D-heads. 
Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. But don't worry. We got you covered at Diz Radio. Now, back to the show. All right, all of you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed this week's show. As I always say, it was a fun romp once again. I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Joel for stopping in here this week. So many different things that you have done. The illustrations, Disney Quest. I mean, your artwork is phenomenal, and I loved Hashtag Bless, the meaning behind it, and of course... Your one-of-a-kind St. Nick song where everybody can be Santa. Thank you once again, Joel, for stopping in. And all of you D-heads, make sure to check out his official website so you can see where you can meet him, get things autographed, buy prints of his illustrations, and more coming up at the end of January and also in February. So definitely check it out at wishpictures.com. I'd also like to thank the D-team for stopping in here this week of Frank, Cody, and Dominic all stopping in with their signature segments, having a little bit of fun with all of you D-heads to kick into the new year. Keep those emails coming for the D-team to interact with you. And fear not, the D-team will be back full in action. Everybody here next week here at the show. And most of all, you, the D-heads. I cannot close out the show without all of you D-heads and thanking you for helping us celebrate 14 years. This year, we celebrate 14 years of Diz Radio, and that would not happen without all of you, the listeners. You're the ones that tune in every week. You're the ones that continue on the legacy and so much more. With that said, before I close out this week's show, I do want to give you all the different ways to stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news feed, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also find us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Diz Radio Show. You can also find us on Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, X, you name it. You can find us everywhere. Just go to DizRadio.com and find all those social links there as well. And most of all, you can subscribe to the show. Get the latest shows as they get released on your device to listen to instantly. Just search us in the podcast store. If you're an iPhone user, you can go to iHeartRadio app. Look for us there and many other places. Go there, subscribe, leave us some feedback as well. Some positive reviews always help us out here at the show. And with that, I'm done rambling. So all of you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed the kickoff into 2024. Next week, we have a very fun guest stopping in here with you. Somebody that's looking up at the stars, somebody that's looking for the betterment of humanity. And I'm going to leave it with that as a teaser. So until next week, all of you D-heads, as I always say, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. Remember that. Go out there. Make it happen. Make that your 2024 resolution to spend that family time. So until next week, D-Heads, have a fantastic weekend. Saturday. Detention. Nothing to see here. Just wasted time. But isn't that what we do every day? Sitting around in our bubbles, pretending there's plenty of time to go around, when really, it's just slowly ticking by. you been for what you betting all your seconds on what you gonna wish that you could undo when it's all said and done but we stick tocks on the clock are you gonna want back when it stops yeah we here right now but we're never gonna be gone yeah life's too short to live it like it's
it's gonna be long It's about time and how we spend it Every hour, every minute It's about knowing how we're chasing All the beautiful things that make it Worth the ride To the other side It's about time we started living Like tomorrow Saturday, we were strangers. Past the socials and likes and fake digital smiles. That is, until we really saw each other for the first time. So, open your eyes. Don't miss what might be right in front of you. You may be surprised by what you see. Thank you for tuning into the Diz Radio Show. The thoughts and comments expressed are those of the show and do not reflect any company or guest heard on our program. Now go on and relive the magic fun, excitement, and appreciation from your lifetime of memories. See you real soon!